We meet today in Isaiah chapter 33. The final woe is pronounced on all who spoil God's people and God's land. This chapter in particular pronounces a judgment upon those who seek to destroy God's people and lay waste his land. It refers to the Assyrians in the immediate understanding, but it also extends to the final enemy of the last days. This chapter is geocentric, if you like. The land is the thing of primary importance in it. But Isaiah's final woe on Israel and Judah looks beyond the coming Assyrian invasion to the ultimate devastation that will come on the land in the final days. And that will be a direct confrontation with the Antichrist. God will impose justice on a corrupt society. He warns that his judgment will fall like a plague of devouring locusts. And that is the subject of verse 3 and verse 4 of this chapter. But those locusts will come, disrupting the business as usual complacence of his people. The emphasis is picked up there in verse 7 to verse 8. He will assert himself among those who have assumed that he either does not care about their wrongdoings or he is too weak to act. There are many people in this world who think that God does not care or he is too weak to do something about the ills that are in the world. And that subject will be highlighted in verse 10 to verse 13. Yet even in the midst of judgment, there is hope for the righteous. Because a question might be asked, what will the righteous do? Where will the righteous go? There is hope. As in some of the Psalms, which contain questions and answers regarding conditions for admittance to worship. For example, Psalm 15, which talks of how you are accepted before the Lord who may ascend the hill of the Lord. Isaiah describes those who will escape punishment and dwell with the Lord in safety. And that will be the subject of verse 15 in this chapter. Now, there are those who live lives of righteous behavior. There are those who only speak what is right and true. There are those who turn away from oppressing powerless people in order to make money. There are those who make it plain that their integrity cannot be bought with a bribe. There are those who even listen to suggestions for eliminating competitors and opponents by resorting to violence, and they won't tolerate evil in their presence. God calls these the righteous. God will help them escape. There is hope for them. So the comfort of this chapter is that those who pursue a godly character will be eligible to enjoy the Lord's protection. And that is what verse 16 uh, talks about. God will make their lives secure when he comes to reside in and rule over his chosen city, Jerusalem. He will fill the city with justice and righteousness. Little wonder then that refugees from the rural areas will seek refuge in Jerusalem.
Actually, verse 20 of this chapter talks about this. The occasion for this psalm may well have been the Assyrian invasion of B.C. 701, when the forces of Sennacherib captured numerous cities in Judah and besieged Jerusalem. Isaiah's prayer seems to invite people from the countryside to flee to the city for protection. However, real safety comes not from strong walls and strategic preparation, but real safety comes from honoring the Lord. As you read Psalm 33, know that you are reading a psalm. You probably do not have an invading army bearing down on your property as you go through it. But there may be other dangers from which you long for protection. You long for safety. You long for recourse. As you seek refuge and security, are you pursuing a lifestyle that honors God like the one described here? Or are you like the hypocrites who spurn God's way yet feel entitled to his protection. And there are many people here who would despise God's ways, and yet when calamity and dangers befall them, they then begin to pray and beg God, God, where are you? Protect us. Is that the way we would serve God? So let us look at the prayer of the remnant as they pray for their deliverance. The remnant prays for deliverance. Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered. When you make an end of dealing treacherously, they will deal treacherously with you. This is Isaiah chapter 33, verse 1. You see, this verse is Isaiah's way of expressing the great spiritual principles which God put down from the time men sinned, right there in the Garden of Eden. It is stated well in Genesis chapter 6 verse 7. Do not be, it is clearly stated in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. The plunder here is a reference to Sennacherib who came against Jerusalem during the reign of King Hezekiah. And of course, chapter 36 to chapter 37 of Isaiah talk about that subject. And this is an allusion to the Assyrian invasion under Sennacherib. However, this interpretation does not limit this chapter to the Assyrians. No, 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 no. God says, in effect, you plunder my people and I'll plunder you. God promises to take vengeance on behalf of his people, the Israelites, and even for his people who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ today. The Christian, the church, those who persecute the church, God will take vengeance on their behalf. You who persecute the church, you who prevent the gospel from entering where it should go, God will take care of you. It may not be now, but surely the harvest is coming. For this reason, we as believers should always let God handle all our revenge. 
God says that we are not to avenge ourselves, but he will repay. Turn it over to God, my friend. Hand it over to God. He can do a better job than some of us can. Now this is also a picture of that final day of consummation after God has brought together again the restored Roman Empire and Antichrist will destroy the land of Israel again. God will take care of him at the second coming of Christ. We need not fret, we need not worry, we need to trust, we need to pray. Now in view of that, we hear the prayer of the remnant. Listen to this. O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning. Our salvation also in the time of trouble. Isaiah 33 verse 2. This is the prayer of the godly remnant then and also in the future. The remnant that remained in Jerusalem when Assyria was coming, they asked for help from God. And also in future, that is what will happen. For you, my friend, when you have confronted the enemies of your life, the enemies of your faith, know where to tend to. God must be your resource and your recourse. Oh Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. Then we move on to the plaintive cry of ambassadors who failed. Surely their valiant ones shall cry outside. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The traveling man ceases. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He regards no man. Isaiah 33 verse 7 to verse 8. Now, you wouldn't think that we would have learned a lesson today, but we have not. A great peace conference once was held at The Hague, and while it was going on, Germany began World War I and broke all the treaties. At the end of that war, the League of Nations was formed, and when the presidents or leaders of nations went to represent their countries, the idea was to make the world a safe place, a safe democracy. What they forgot, however, was to make democracy safe for the world. Peace didn't come. It led to World War II. Now the United Nations is making the world ready, not for peace, but actually for World War III. Now we have many other continental or regional bodies like the non-allied movement, the European Union, the League uh, of Arab Nations, African Union, and the SADC in the Southern Africa. Many of these bodies tend to support each other even when they are in the wrong. A good platform for building up to a major world war again. We talk about peace, but we are not doing it God's way. This world will never have peace until... We invite the Prince of Peace to rule in our hearts. And until the Prince of Peace comes, there will be no peace. We move on to the petition for all to consider God's dealings. And that petition, my friend, is important for you. It's important for me as well. Hear you who are far off, what I have done. And you who are near, acknowledge my might. 
Isaiah 33 verse 13. You see, two groups of people are addressed here. You who are far off are the Gentiles, and you who are near are the people of Israel. So the call is, come and recognize God. Come and acknowledge my might, that I am the almighty God. I am the one who has power. I am the one who orders and orchestrates the events of life. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Isaiah 33 verse 14. You see, sinners in Zion are those of Israel who are not Israel. The sinners who are in Zion are the Gentiles who live in Israel, yet they are not Jews. They are godless Israelites, just as they are godless Gentiles as well. The devouring fire here does not refer to the lake of fire that is mentioned in the book of Revelation, but rather it refers to the fact that our God is a consuming fire, as Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29 testifies. He is a holy God, and he intends to judge us in that day. Today, there is a tremendous godless movement all around us, abroad, it is growing by leaps and bounds. That is the reason we are giving out the word of God. Because we know people need the word of God. We don't know much, how much longer we can do it. But we are going to continue as long as the Lord allows us. God is going to bring judgment. And God's people need to be concerned about getting his word out. Judgment is not a pretty subject, my friend. It is not one that will make friends. No, no, no. But these are the words of Isaiah. And Isaiah's message is God's message. And he would like the human family to hear that message. So listen again to that message. Sinners in Zion, be afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with the everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppressions, he who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ear from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Isaiah 33 verse 15. This again is a wonderful call from the word of God. The one who has been declared righteous by his faith in Christ, is called to walk in righteousness. We are invited to walk in righteousness. In that awful day, we will find that where sin abounds, grace will much more abound. Out of his fullness have we received grace upon grace. This psalm moves on to talk of the praise to God for the final deliverance. Of course, it reaches its crescendo. We come to the fourth division where there is praise to God for the final deliverance that he gives. Look upon Zion, the seat of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down. Not one of its stakes will ever be removed, nor will any of its codes be broken. But there 
the majestic Lord will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams in which no gully with oars will sail, no majestic ships pass by. Isaiah 33, verse 20 and verse 21. Here, my friend, you see God's word speaking. Babylon could boast of the Euphrates River. Assyria could boast of the Tigris and the upper Zab. And Egypt could boast of the Nile. But Jerusalem was a landlocked city with neither river nor harbor. However, Zechariah gave an amazing prophecy which leads us to believe that actually God will provide a harbor for Israel during the millennial kingdom. And that is according to Zechariah 14, verse 4 to verse 8. Dr. McGee argues that the earthquake Zechariah describes in these verses will actually open up a deep valley to the Mediterranean Sea and Jerusalem will be a seaport town during the millennial kingdom. The literal fulfillment of this prophecy also has a spiritual application, my friend. The majestic Lord will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams. That means the Lord himself is the source of all of Israel's defense and blessing. The Lord Jesus Christ is the source of any child of God's defense and blessing. And so he provides streams of water, rivers, not just in small bits, but it's a broad river. Broad rivers will usher the blessings of God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when he showers us with his blessings, the Bible says we will find no room to put those blessings. Why? Because the mighty river flows to fill our baskets, to fill our cups to overflowing. What a joy. What an anticipation that will be. Where a city that never had a harbor will begin to have a harbor and have fresh supplies of water. And the inhabitants will not say, I'm sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Isaiah 33 verse 24. You see here, the prophet foresees the millennial kingdom when Christ will rule the world in peace. All that Israel will need will be fulfilled in the Lord God. And for in the millennial kingdom, he shall be the judge. He shall be the lawgiver and the king. Thus, it is in this threefold capacity that he will save us. You see, he will come, he will save as the judge, the lawgiver, and the king. Jesus Christ came also in that same threefold capacity or threefold offices as the king, as the judge, and as the lawgiver, or if you like, as the priest. Well, this is a glorious prospect which is held out for Jerusalem. The eye of faith looks beyond the immediate hard circumstances to the glorious prospect of the future. This is the day when the king will be in Jerusalem. The prince of peace will then bring peace to the earth. Make peace with God now so you can enter the kingdom of peace with the king of the kingdom. 
You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.